And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 182, uh, aka season three, episode two now, uh, coming at you this Saturday, sometime during the day, wherever you happen to be. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we still give out phone numbers that you guys never dial, here they are. Uh, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So what is going on with you this week, MC? Um, I had uh, dinner with a libertarian and uh, had some nice discussion and I bought a motorcycle. That's that's about all I did. So (laughs) I was just thinking as I gave out the phone numbers, I just realized for the first time, uh, I'm in the actual state that those phone numbers are for, because I'm currently sitting in a in a hotel in Colorado, right? Isn't that the is it, that's the area code that you picked at the at one time? Oh yeah, three hundred three. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm sitting in Colorado now, uh, doing you know the anarchist experience from the road uh, for at least another week or so. Uh, but yeah, it just dawned on me as I was giving out the numbers. I'm like, man, I'm in I'm I'm finally in the right place to give out <laughs> to give out those live numbers. Uh, so you're, you're, I guess, I, I saw a picture of your motorcycle, and the, the only comment I had on it was just the wrong colors, because you went with the black and red color scheme. Um, and it's a weird thing, because I don't necessarily have a problem with the colors black and red um, until I, like, moved into anarchism and uh, <laughs> anarcho-capitalism. And then I adopted the color. Like, I had, I had no preference for yellow either. Like, yellow was my dad's favorite color. And I, it was never mine. I was always like black and then for a little bit like pink and black or neon green and black, but never yellow and black um, un- until I, you know, until I started, you know, looking into the, the anarcho-capitalist philosophy. Um, and I know it's gold. I don't want to hear shit about gold and black. It's hard to find gold. It's a lot easier. Like more people are comfortable with yellow. So stick it. Um, but the red and black, like anytime I'm like looking at stuff, you know, I go like, well, I can't. I can't wear this. Like I can't, I can't be seen in these colors. You know, like it's, it's a weird thing. <laughs> like I, I've got nice red shirts that look great with a nice black suit. And I go, man, I, this just feels wrong. I have to, where's my gold shirt? You know? So I can't even, I can't, it's, it's weird for me to even put on clothes that like, you know, might end up being, uh, that color scheme, um, for, for silly, for such a silly reason as this, right? Like I, I rock the color, you know. If I if I were to go out wearing like red, white, and blue, you know, I'd I'd feel weird about it just because I like that's the other team's colors, you know. We walked through a Walmart over here and they had like uh, Denver Bronco pajamas, like you know, blue and orange. I was like, ugh, like I can't even I can't even appreciate that. I don't even watch football too much anymore, but I'm like I'm an old Raiders fan, so like even the silver and black, right? I was rocking that too. Um, and I, I see the, the the blue and the orange. I'm like, oh, it just makes it's like a, a subconscious cringe moment. Um, <laughs> so like you know the, the the red car, the black car, perfectly fine on their own. But the red and black color scheme, it's just like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say triggered because I'm not like I'm not that upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely elicits a response. <laughs> no matter how like, trivial <laughs> like why didn't you find an alternative there's you know perfectly good silver one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the same right. price <laughs> silver silver and red <laughs> or, 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 no, it's or, just silver this one that's also oh, okay <laughs> and uh Chrome yeah. out. but yeah 
I mean, I, honestly, I didn't even think about it until, well, I, I did think about painting it yellow. And that was mainly just to increase the visibility and make it less desirable to steal. Like if it had, you know, some shitty paint on it, like nobody would want to take it because it doesn't look brand new anymore. Okay. Um, so <laughs> That makes sense. Like, I've, I've always cared, even, like, you know, cars, not that I care too much about it, but I've always, I never care too much about, like, washing it or keeping the outside nice. Because for the same reason. Like, I don't want anybody looking at it. But, like, you know, you keep the interior clean, you keep everything fresh, you know, put a nice stereo system in there, and, and no one thinks twice um, as long as you're as long as you're safe about it. You know, just outside, even houses, right? I don't care what, I don't give a damn what the outside of the house looks like. Make it look like a tore-up mansion for all I care, as long as the inside's all nice. More important to me. I haven't had many libertarian-ish discussions um, while on the road. Like, a lot of, a lot of that happened before I left. Uh, where people going, like, why are you moving? And go, well, like, 40 oh, yeah. two is a big jump, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know how many times I've answered that question. Even here on the road, right, it's like, you know, in passing – uh, you know, we're, we're like in Vegas and the bell guy's helping with the luggage. Like, oh yeah. So what brings you to Vegas? And I just passing through, man. Where are you headed? New Hampshire. Oh, what, what, you know, that's why, you know, like, ah, I don't, I don't have the time of the energy, man. You know how many times I've answered that question in the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, where was I going with that? I had a point. I don't know. That was it. Maybe that was it. I just, I haven't had, I haven't had a lot of those discussions, um, since I left, um, and we just been, you know, in a, in and out of hotel rooms. Uh, but the one th- the one thing, I, we, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the show started, and I, I did mention it to uh, the the some guy at the shop as we were passing through. Uh, one thing that's very clear to me, having driven from you know Las Vegas through Utah, part of Arizona, and now into Colorado, um, is everyone needs to just shut the hell up about overpopulation, and that's you know. It's I'm I'm declaring right now that that's not a thing <laughs> because there is so many dozens and hundreds of miles of nothing um, where there could be something that I don't want to hear. it. Like, you know, spending time in, in the middle of L.A. Um, and, and down in Anaheim for the, the early part of the trip, you know, and it's like it's congested and it's packed and there's traffic everywhere. You know, I, we went to dinner with my uh, with my uncle when we were in L.A. And, like, you know, we checked the GPS and it's like 15 miles away. Like, oh, that's not too bad. Uh, you know, start the timer. It's like, you'll be there in an hour and five minutes. I'm like, whoa, that's insane. You know, <laughs> why, why the hell does it take over an hour? <laughs> well, because it's congested. Like, there's just there. That's an area where there might be a little bit of overpopulation. Right there, there's just too many people in a small, concentrated area. Um, but as as we you know as we headed north and east, um, you know towards Colorado, and there's like expanses of nothing, you know, not nothing, and then a house like in the middle of nowhere. I go, damn, that would suck to be that house because like your commute's like 50 miles, no matter which way you're headed. Like, what's what's the purpose of living out there? Um, and then like new developments popping up. You know, in like in the middle of nowhere, I go, oh, interesting. You know, there's a, there's someone's doing something here, and there's like nothing for miles upon miles. You know, just um, to, to, for for a little bit of perspective, possibly for you, MC, it's kind of like when they were uh, 
doing like Kapolei and Eva Beach a little bit. Like we went, we uh, a job I had, we went door knocking in, in like a new development in um, Eva Beach. And like the roads didn't even have an end to it. It was just like, a, you know, this is where the road's going to continue once we put up more houses type of a thing. And it was a, it was similar to that uh, driving through these areas where there was just, you know, uh, open spanses of land. And then, you know, like uh, a few dozen houses popped up. Right. And then and then roads, you know, like roads going through the little community, been the, but leading nowhere. <laughs> just like every, everywhere's a dead end right now because we haven't built the rest of it yet. Um, and I go, OK, that's who would be the first person? It must be cheap because who would be the first person to move out there knowing that there's not going to be anything, you know, convenient for like another 15, 20 years or so. Um, and the only the, again, the only real thought that popped in my mind is like, I don't want to hear anything like not a goddamn thing about overpopulation or population density or we have too many people on the planet until like until that expanse of land and other lands that look like that start looking like tokyo right when when everywhere looks like tokyo or las vegas or downtown los angeles or any you know one of those like way too populated areas when every place looks like that maybe we have an issue right like come come to me then um, with that much open land and, you know, I, I don't know, you know, because it's mostly desert, I don't know how much you can use it for agricultural purposes, um, but you can definitely use it, you know, for, for housing purposes, like the, the few little pop-up communities that we did see. Um, but as long as there's that much available for like, for, for people to live and like, you know, make their lot or do whatever, and then utilize, you know, the, the more fertile areas for farms instead of housing, right? Cause that that would make sense to me as well fertile lands you grow food on and then shitty dirt land you put houses on and then you know people have places to live and then plenty of food to grow you know un until it starts until they're doing like vertical farming and skyscrapers across the plains of new mexico you know or or you know for for my case utah and part of uh part of nevada right until that's a thing right i just don't want to hear it at all like not a thing you know like you can you can make your case, you know, from a from a tiny little hut um, in some overcrowded streets of London or like I said, Tokyo or L.A. Um, that Oh, my God, it's just way too crowded over here. Uh, but then move. Right. Because there's plenty of <laughs> there's plenty of land for you to have plenty of space um, and not take a, you know, not take an hour and five minutes to go 15 miles. Um, not even during rush hour, like evening time, like when people are already home from work and it's still just nasty. Yeah, so that's that's my mini rant or my only rant probably um, for the days. You know, any 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 statist you know out there claiming uh, overpopulation or or need for government intervention or eugenics or anything like that, just like get the hell out of here, MC. <laughs> uh, sure, sure, I'm I'm done with that. That makes sense. Um, yeah, people. I think people are uh, af afraid of things that they shouldn't be afraid of. Like there's there's lots of uh, other things that they could be doing or worrying about uh, that will have a bigger impact on their life or bigger potential impact on their life. Um, yeah. Right. On the other hand, pe people are doing a pretty good job of, at, at avoiding some types of fear, like, uh, you know, uh, a plane crashes and most people still ride the plane because they understand like it's it's still really really rare <laughs> yes you know that, that more was a, chance 
more chance of dying in your car than a, than an airplane. Yes, and and as as we get back on the road, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, be safe. <laughs> the the other the other thing that's funny is, um, you know, we we spent some time down in Anaheim, and not too relevant to to you know to this show specifically, but it's funny when you bring up the fear, um, because we went we went to Disneyland, um, and we went to uh, Knott's Berry Farm, and M will not ride roller coasters with me at Knott's Berry mm-hmm. Farm. Like, there's a couple, um, and I finally, like, got her to give in to her fear about going on um, Montezuma's Revenge, which is a classic, right? It's not even that scary of a roller coaster anymore. Like, at one time, maybe. Like, when they first opened it up, maybe that was a badass roller coaster. Uh, but now, with everything else available, that's 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 a nostalgic piece of, of you know, rail rotary uh, for lack of a better term, um, but she will ride. She did ride, and we went on twice the roller coaster at uh, California Adventures, right? And her fear, um, she claims, her fear of the uh, Montezuma's Revenge is that you go backwards in the loop, right? You go boop, 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 and then that's you know it's the whole ride. It's just like a couple times through a loop, um, but the roller coaster at California Adventures has a loop. You just don't go backwards in it. And it's a much more like, you know, it's a much faster and, you know, shifty and whiplashy roller coaster than Montezuma's Revenge um, could ever think to be. Um, but she's just, her fear is like going backwards through the loop. Um, and the only reason I bring this up, because I didn't post it as show prep, but <laughs> there was a headline this morning as I was reading through the news. I don't remember what park it was, but a roller coaster went off the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the, the wheels broke and it just went boop. And it was like, you know, uh, the, they showed one picture of one of the cars like hanging off, hanging off the track. Um, and it just, it got me, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not showing her the headline. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, she's, she has like a genuine fear of like those bad things happening. And I go, well, then you can never ride any ride ever, right? Like if that's, if you, if you have that mindset of fear, you know, then anything is possible to go wrong on any of those things. Cause it's not like, it's not like it doesn't happen. It's just like st- statistically so low that the likelihood of it happening to you is minuscule. And yes, it's the same for the people who it happened to. Um, but you can't like, you can't live your life that way. You can't, you, there's no way, there's no way to exist in the world. Um, worrying about all the things that like, you know, the, the small statistical things of them happening to you are, um, Cause it's just, you know, this, it's, it makes it difficult. Like, you know, yeah, you know, r- roller coaster breaks down an amusement park, right? And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I'm never going back to that again. It's like, well, that that's not going to happen for a long time after that. Cause like, that was the one that was like the one in a million. We got like 999,999 to go before that happens again. You, you should get on a roller coaster ASAP. <laughs> there ain't no way it's going to happen twice. Um, same like with plane rides and I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't, again, for, for me personally, I don't live my life in fear. Like, we're, we're driving not because we're afraid of planes. It's just, you know, it seemed like a fun thing to do. And, you know, just leave, you know, more likely to, to get in a car wreck or whatever. But I still get behind the wheel. Um, and, you know, she's she's afraid. I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you ever done, like, 62 in an 80? Like, that's a thrill in and of itself because that's what that's how she was driving. It takes longer than <laughs> Like, I go sign says 80 I'm setting cruise control for 80 and here we go you know yeah yeah 
she's too afraid to even use the cruise control because she thinks it's going to distract her. Like, because she's no longer paying attention to, like, the gas brake phenomenon, you know, she's going to be too distracted to, like, pay attention to the road. I'm like, no, man. Like, you know, you turn on the cruise control, you're you're more focused on that because that's one less distraction you have to worry about. It's like regulating speed. You know, but nope, 60, 62 and an 80 is what we're doing for, you know, her, her driving shift of the trip. <laughs> so much fun. And then her brother, her brother said like, oh, it's better than getting a ticket. And I was like, well, you could get a ticket for going too damn slow too, man. Yeah. 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 I definitely keep it above 70 if the speed limit is 80. Yeah. But nope, 62. I looked, I checked, I peeked. All right. Headlines? Sure. Sweet. Headline. Uh, Are teachers really not paid for work they do? Time says yes. Reality begs to differ. Uh, Dallas police attempt to smear Botham Jean over tiny bit of weed and they failed miserably. Oh, sorry. Headline. Uh, Headline. This California man researched the city code before building a dream treehouse. The city is screwing him anyway. A headline, the racist premium is just one way the market punishes racism. A headline, abolish ICE, end the wars, uh, 9-11, 17 years later. A headline, California's attack on the gig economy end up hurting neighborhood barbers, tattoo artists. And finally, headline, hiding socialism under euphemisms. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Um, okay, what's about the euf- euphemisms? Uh, headline: Hiding socialism under euphemisms. See, I hate to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read the article in a minute because it's not that very long. Um, but it's it's weird how all of a sudden, as we you know reapproach um, election season, and you know some some have already been decided, how big of a deal this socialism coming out of the woodwork is, um, and, and and ridiculously, for some god awful reason, uh, gaining popularity everywhere. But here we go. Hiding socialism under euphemisms. Uh, You've probably never heard of Harrop Froma, but her acceptance and rationalizations of socialism in America probably mirror how great many Americans think. Her views are worth examining for that reason. She wrote an essay on socialism because socialism is coming out of the closet, and she thinks that American socialists are not genuine socialists. Bernie Sanders got the ball rolling. Then socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ayanna Presley won Democratic primary slots. Bill Maher says Americans are already socialists and the country is quasi-socialist. Comedian Jim Carrey has chipped in. Uh, We have to say yes to socialism, to the word and everything. We have to stop apologizing. Uh, Elizabeth Warren proposed to socialize corporate ownership, taking ownership away from stockholders. Uh, Froma Harup says that these self-proclaimed socialists are not genuine socialists and that America doesn't have piecemeal socialism. For each piece of socialism that we indeed have, she offers a euphemism. Price controls are not socialism, she claims. A mandated $15 minimum wage is not socialism. It's labor regulation. Is Medicare socialism? She reassures us that Medicare is socialized insurance, uh, but Medicare is not socialized medicine. What? Is a single base hit any less a hit because it's not a home run? Uh, Ms. Harap doesn't want us to think that we have socialism, or so she defines it away. 
Uh, spreading the wealth is not socialism, she affirms. Scandinavian countries are not taking the means of production away from private owners. They're just taxing wealth and using the proceeds to fund their plush social safety nets. Just taxing wealth? Just spreading the wealth? Just regulating the price of labor? Just socializing insurance? These are all socialistic. They are all socialism. Uh, Ms. Harop overlooks a vital fact. People themselves, as they offer labor, are a means of production. As Ludwig von Mises writes, labor is the most scarce of all primary means of production because every variety of production requires the expenditure of labor. Taxation does take away means of production from private owners. Taxes on labor divert resources to government hands to spend as it sees fit. This is socialism. Taxes on labor in America are the largest source of government income. One old estimate says 75%. Uh, economists argue over the incidence of other taxes. Some say that 50 to 100% of corporate taxes fall on labor. Uh, whatever the num numbers are, they are no denying. there is no denying that as a cattle of sheep are to a rancher, we are to the government. As everyone should know by now, thoroughgoing socialism involves nationalizations, visibly destroys people, an economy, a country, and its government. Not widely acknowledged enough is that piecemeal, creeping, and sneaky socialism involving taxation, socialized money, regulation, and controls just takes longer. Its harms are less visible and less easy to track back to the socialist origins. That's the only difference. Uh, so, so your thoughts on this article, MC? I know we've covered it a lot, uh, you know, those people making up words, uh, but go ahead. <laughs> oh my gosh, what do you want me to say? Should I, should I defend socialism? Please, I mean, no. Should I, should I defend non-socialism? Um, now, I've I've already said um, many times that uh, I, I feel like, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't even be talking about this stuff today if if the U.S. was following the Constitution. It would just the government would be small enough where I wouldn't care. But um, it's really out of control. There is way too much socialism. Um, if you look at the the planks of the what what is it the the communist planks communist or the manifesto yeah so the planks in in that book um is like we've got like 9.5 out of 10 of them or whatever um it's uh i don't i don't know how long it's the u.s is gonna be able to even pretend to be like the, like the land of the free um so in 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 the uk right now they're uh they're saying that uh hate speech is a is a police matter now uh, or uh, offensive speech is is a matter for police to handle and so they're they're you know heading straight for a police state and so i don't know how long it's going to be before the u.s is, is similar to that um yeah so yeah, how, how much socialism in the U.S. W would there be for you to be like, all right, got to find somewhere else to go? <laughs> well, c considering I'm moving for you know similar reasons, uh, <laughs> it, I don't, I don't know. I like I, I'm not moving out of the country because for me, I go like, well, I'll just, I'll just make my stand here, right? Like if yeah. it's, if it's going to come down to that, I'd rather be. Um, amongst people um, with with you know like mind and you know the a pension a, a pensions for dissent uh, I guess um, and then we can you know we, we, we can all hang together uh, 
here rather than you know trying to trying to find the like the last bastion of hope in some other country um so yeah i don't i don't know how to answer that question it would it would it would probably take a lot to get me to move because i'd rather just fight to the death here there's also another thing i i've considered and somebody else mentioned this to me um that there's a benefit of being a uh uh, libertarian or anarchist or entrepreneur in in a climate where it's there's more socialism because there's in a way there's less competition um, okay there's so many people trying to live off the system and not do any work that it's easy to find work and find stuff to do and 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 there's always people with money it doesn't matter if there's 100 percent socialism there's always some you know politician that's going to be like well, I've got all the power and all the money. Uh, I'll pay you to do this, and and uh, you know, even if it's illegal, they're still gonna, you know, pay you. <laughs> you know? Okay. It's like there's, uh, so there's an advantage advantage to, um, being just being competent and useful in any kind of uh, economy, until it gets to the point where where like it was in China. Where the where they uh, they were hanging people for being useless, um, so like, oh, you're you're a doctor, um, that means you're an, an elitist, and we have to shame you and torture you and kill you uh, in public squares. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how bad it can get. <laughs> you mean useful then? That when they yeah so yeah so any they yeah anybody who was useful. Uh, in any type of intellectual way in China, they, they were, they were, uh, abused. And, um, so yeah, it could get that bad. Um, people are just people everywhere. And that's, that's kind of the same, same language that, that the socialists, uh, use. They, they, uh, they think it's bad to have money. And so even if, even if you give away 50% of your, your wealth, um, they, they would look at your other 50% and say, well, you're, you're still rich. Yeah. And they was, and they would still say, why, why are you so rich? You're an evil person. Um, and, and so they would come for all of it until you didn't have anything left. Um, then it would be fair. And then, and then they would say, you know, and then after your money's gone, then, then, then they would say, oh, well, now you're one of us. Now, now, don't you see how it is? Now we have to, you know, go make sure everybody else is poor too. <laughs> yeah. Rise up against the the new wealthy. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's I guess that's my answer for you know how bad could it get? Well, when it when it no longer works, I guess like, um, uh, yeah, that's that's when I would definitely leave the U.S. is as if they if if it became a bad thing to be successful yeah um so far it's it's you know it's it's like a um a, a small percent like let's say 10% of the population and and ends up swaying politics um because they're the loudest and the most motivated the vocal minority yeah and uh Right now, that's that's the socialist. That's like you know the the socialist, oh, yeah. the left, you know, on the extreme left. You know the the antifa going out there and causing all sorts of unnecessary havoc. 
on the wrong people. Yeah. Like they get the press. They're the, they're the, they're the ones making all the noise. And it, I saw another post recently that, that, uh, so all the leftists, right? So like in, in, in Google and Facebook and, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Twitter, Twitter. and, uh, there's one more. Oh, Apple. Instagram. Oh, which one? Apple. Oh, Apple. So out of all these, you know, huge companies, like 90% of them are, are leftists, like pretty, you know, pretty far left. Okay. Um, and yet it's those same companies that are like, are the biggest, most successful and are the targets of a lot of outrage. It's, it's really bizarre. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like the companies, you know, these people make up these huge companies and they're, and they're demonized. It's like, you guys don't even know what's going on. It's so weird. Um, but they have, but, but they have a lot of power though. So, uh, with, with their ability to, uh, you know, restrict speech, which, you know, they're doing in, in Facebook and, and Apple, they're shutting, trying to shut down Infowars and, and stuff like that. So pretty successfully, if, if, you know, the, the latest updates I got were true. Yeah. And, and that, and that could change, who knows? Um, you know, something else could pop up on the right, but I, I don't know. It's like, it seems like the right isn't as successful at doing this. Um, and may, I don't know. It's like, it's really weird. Um, so I guess the, the coastal areas and the bigger city areas are more where the I don't know, social people go, you know, the young okay. idealists and stuff, I guess. And that's, <laughs> so they all congregate in these, these areas, um, where there just California, happens to be Oregon, Washington, where there, where there just happens to be an abundance of money. Like they value poor people and they value being poor themselves so they can cry about it all the time. Like, why don't you move out to the country and freaking, you know, farm, you know, yeah. <laughs> clean, uh, you know, clean chickens and, and, uh, you know, pick eggs, pick up eggs or, you know, I don't know what, but like, it's, <laughs> it's like you, you want Some all Napoleon the conveniences, dynamite work. all the conveniences of the most luxurious cities. And then you go get out rich people. Like, what? Well, I think that's part of it. They want to take it over, <laughs> right? They want to, they want to cast them out so that they can control all the resources that are now left behind. Yeah, but they're not good at controlling it. They're they're good at taking from it. <laughs> yeah, but they don't they don't know that, right? Because they think it's yeah. easy. They think it's easy to to you know to to do the work that the wealthy do. Yeah. Um, so so my main point was that all these uh, leftists are allied with these huge companies that they're supposedly fighting against. <laughs> and it's just, it's just yeah. kind of ironic. You know? <laughs> um, I remember I, I, I've seen a meme recently and it was like from late stage capitalism or something like that. And I was basically like, you know, we've, we've reached a stage where the, the capitalist companies um, pretend to be socially aware so they can sell products, uh, to people who pretend to, to pretend to care about the environment or something like that. That's, right? that's a really good point. <laughs> it, it reminds me of Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, we, we got it. Just, just like that. Boom. Ban. No straws. No straws. 
But it was worse than that because it was no straws, and then they put like paper straws in a plastic bag for sale, and it was like more plastic in the paper in the plastic bag to hold the paper straw than it was. Yeah. Than it was to and, actually produce the plastic straws. And I think ninety percent of that comes from that that video where the straw got stuck in the turtle's nose. It's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but I I remember I remember videos from like elementary school where it was like a turtle stuck in the you know in the rings of a six pack you know soda can you know yeah, yeah. the rings well yeah. I, I thought I, the one i remembered was the bird okay you know, bird got stuck in it but it's like i'm sure that happens all the time with millions of different pieces of trash that are in landfills yeah e- either way like you know um I've, I've also seen you know uh products made right like you know uh biodegradable six ring soda containers that are like edible Right, so you know now when you throw it out, you're no longer um, you're no longer harming them. You're like feeding the fish. I go, okay, well, that's an acceptable that's an acceptable solution, right? Like I look at that as like a market based solution um, to a complex social problem, rather than we must ban, right? Like oh man, we stopped we we, we stopped into a Walmart um, on our trip, and it was it was great. It was amazing to see fucking plastic bags again, you know. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're buying our stuff and M goes like, are they going to charge us for the bags? I, I don't think so. <laughs> this is a lot <laughs> higher up on the list. <laughs> like we're in a state a lot higher up on the list, um, <laughs> than, than, than where we left. Uh, so that, yeah, no, I think you're going to be able to get a plastic bag, double bag it if you want to, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't think anyone's going to like blink an eye or say a word. Uh, and sure enough, man, like, I don't think we double bagged it cause it wasn't that heavy of an item, but it, you know, like. We're, we're, we're now contributing again, you know, to the detriment of the environment by using plastic bags. Um, but at the same time, you know, where, wherever we end up, those bags, those bags get a second use, and, you know, at least for me, I don't, you know, like trash can liners or, you know, carrying of other stuff or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know many people who, you know, at least uh, in my family who like throws those out straight off. You know, it's like the, the bag full of bags. So you have something to put in a bag if you need to carry something else later. Like they get reused, um, and who cares, yeah. right? If you if you can think of a better way to do it that doesn't require like a government intervention of banning something for me to do, then by all means, like let's work towards like market solutions. I don't mind reusable bags. You know, at one point in time when I when I first uh, moved and started living on my own, um, you know, the, the grocery store near me was like Foodland, right? And Foodland had you know reusable bags, and they were like, all right, they cost a dollar. And then like, every time you used them, you got like a nickel off. And I went, all right, I'll take two, you know. Like, and then who cares, right? Because now my place wasn't filling up with plastic bags. And, you know, after I, I planned on shopping there at least, you know, oh, at least once a week, if not more. Um, so eventually this is going to like pay itself off and then start saving me. No matter how little it was going to save me, it was going to, you know, there's a, there's a financial benefit to using it. Um, and so like to me, that was like that was incentive enough. Right. And then all of then all of a sudden, like, you know, later on, they they stopped doing that. I'm like, well, that sucks. Um, I, then when they stopped doing, it, I just went back to the plastic bags until they banned it, you know. And then, you know, my I don't know if I want to say this to get her in trouble, um, but our, our, our house guest uh, was like, you know, going to go to the store and like, oh, my gosh, I don't have bags. How am I going to carry all this? Blah, blah, blah. And I told her, like, just just do what my mom does. Like, just bring home the basket. Like, I can't bring home the basket. I can't. I'm riding my bike. I can't push this big old car. I'm like, not the cart. 
you know, the basket. You know, you, you fill up the basket, you take the basket through the checkout line, and then you put everything back in the basket and you carry that out to your car and you put the whole basket in your car. You know, <laughs> like, why are you going to buy their bags? Just steal their basket. You know, not that I'm advocating stealing. You can always reuse the basket. Um, but, <laughs> but if they're not, if they're not going to, you know, if, if, if they're no longer going to provide or they're going to charge for it, that's like one of those, um, I'm going to call it like a mini protest. Um, even though they're not the ones, even though they're not the ones, uh, implementing or, or passing the laws. Um, uh, at one point I think target was like ahead of the curve, right? They started, they got rid of their plastic bags prior to the law and started charging for it. And I went, well, this is ridiculous. Um, and I didn't steal any of their baskets. I just like overturned the cart in the parking lot. I was like, you're going to charge me 10 cents. Now you got to pay somebody and you know, more than 10 cents to come out here and flip this thing back over. So little, little things like that. I'm okay with, you know, I think someone described it once as like monkey wrenching. I'm okay with stuff like that. Don't steal it. You know, don't destroy it. Don't go break in the windows. Um, but you know, also let your voice be heard that this is ridiculous. You know, this, this is the policy is stupid. The law is stupid. Um, and I'm surprised it didn't take off even more. So when I did it, but I immediately, you know, like I started like the Oahu, uh, plastic bag club where I was like, all right, if you, if you want, you know, if you, rather than taking in reusable bags, let's protest, um, by carrying plastic bags into the store. Right. Like when they go like, Oh, do you have a bag to put this in? Yes. I have a handful of plastic bags, you know, and it was, you know, like a, a, a box of like a thousand for you know very cheap on amazon i was like all right, we'll just we'll just buy this box you know very cheap and then we have all these plastic you know the t-shirt bags and we'll like double bag it and just like oh no no you're not you're not stopping anything right here's we'll just bring our own bags you know you're going to charge you know 10 cents for yours well this was like pennies on that um because of the volume that you know we're buying them in as, as, as a club group uh, but yeah any any sort of any sort of dumb stupid socialist uh concept like that or banning of anything just people have to find a way to like work around it and and do their own thing uh, as far as uh, there's one thing i wanted to comment on uh on the article because one of the things that gets me when they change the words of things or try to make you feel like oh no you're already living like in, a, in the socialist paradigm um you know like the the part of the east coast is getting like battered uh, by tropical storm uh florence and you know so I, i've seen posts where like, oh, you don't like socialism? Well, don't count on FEMA for helping you, you know, with the storm. You know, uh, as if, like, as if that's the only way to protect yourself is to rely on the government for evacuation and all that other nonsense. Right? And, uh, you know, so, it, again, not, I, I hate to use the word triggered because I'm not triggered. I'm like, I'm not set off and I don't need to go to a safe space and cry in a corner about it. Um, but it definitely, it, it irritates me a little bit that, that they would, that they think that, that they're that they're in such denial that they think that the government is the only way to protect yourself from something like the storm, as if you wouldn't be able to evacuate on your own, right? Then you know the the complimentary article to that was like, I think it was like Bud Light or someone, you know, had a, a bottling facility and they shut down the beer canning to you know to can water for people in storms, right? I go, well, see, you know, if if there's companies willing to you know to, to do stuff like that, um, then I'm sure in the absence of FEMA, right, there would be some other, um, some other organization, you know, that, that'd be willing to help out maybe for a fee, maybe for donations, who knows, uh, you know, Red Cross takes a lot of heat, but there's, they're still out there. 
Uh, you know, maybe maybe something like that. Uh, it also got me curious. Uh, you know, right before we left, when the the almost hurricane almost hit Hawaii. Uh, you know, because the the same thing. Like, you know, who would we go? To, who would we turn to? Um, if it weren't for the government organizations like monitoring the storm systems, right? And like, you know, what what's the financial objective? You know, uh, for 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 doing something like that. Um, and the only thing I could, the only solution that I could think of to that was it's probably going to be the schools, right? In in the absence of FEMA, in the absence of uh, NOAA, N O A A, you know, it it probably be schools with programs for students who have an interest uh, in learning about those types of things and studying that type of things. Um, you know, would probably fund it with donations from from people you know working in the field or just you know liking it. Uh, that would have those centers monitored. Like I don't, I don't even for big stuff like that, right? Like I don't think you need the state. I don't think you need the government um, to intervene and to you know to to be a part of that at all, right? So in in the absence of FEMA, you know, like right now nobody because nobody's allowed to. Uh, but in the absence of FEMA, I'm sure I, 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 I'm confident that something would crop up um, similar to it that would be, you know, a hundred times more effective at doing it because they, they wouldn't have the bureaucracy and there would be like, you know, financial and social incentives to provide quality service, uh, you know, to paying customers or not paying customers, just charitable organizations to help the people getting out. Uh, the, you know, the same for the people go like, oh, with, without socialism. You know what happens when you need the police? Wouldn't you? You wouldn't hesitate to call nine one one, would you? I was like, well, because that's man, cause that's the only thing available. You know, like you're you're missing the fact that those organizations prevent uh, other organizations from forming around them. Like they're they're granted monopoly power, and so there's you know the, you're not even giving me a choice. You're not even letting the market come up with alternatives, right? And in the in the digital age. Um, you know, I, someone posted like that, and I quickly uh, posted a link to cell 411, right, which is not exactly the police. It's not exactly the fire department because that those aren't allowed. Um, but in case of emergency, you can call your friends, right, and, and any network of people um, willing to participate to come help you out, right? You don't need to call 911. Um, you know, as I, we talked about this a little bit before the show, 2MC, um, you know, on uh, – in the in the midst of our road trip, you know, like a hundred miles or so out um, of of our our next destination, um, the 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 vehicle started making a noise, right? And I was like, you know, M was like, oh, man, what if we get stranded on the side of the highway? And I was like, well, it's probably not going to happen, number one. Uh, but if we do, right, nine one one is still not the call we're going to make. Like, we're not going to call for police assistance or fire assistance or ambulance assistance because she's a AAA member. Right. There's there's an organization already there to help out with things like that. Um, so if, if you get rid of, you know, the state run fire department and the state run ambulance service and the state run police department, um, you will have other service providers offering those services. And you don't need to call it socialism because it'd be like a paid subscription of some kind. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just one alternative. It doesn't have to, it doesn't even have to be like the alternative. Um, you know, like I like I talked about, uh, was it the last show or the show before that? Um, I don't need to provide you with every with a, an alternative solution to every problem you come up with in the absence of the state or the absence of government, right? But but someone else has, right? Like I'm not making these up. I've you know someone else has come up with these alternatives because they were thinking about it long before me, um, and people will be thinking about it long after me, and solutions will be developed. Um, as long as people have like, you know, the creative incentive and the profit motive to, to make money uh, and to make stuff happen. 
So I'm not I'm not concerned about lack of a state-run fire department or lack of a state-run police department. Uh, I can I'm concerned that they are state-run um, because that means they're at best inefficient at what they do and at worst detrimental, um, you know, to the health and well-being of the rest of society. So yeah, so the, the you know the, the euphemisms, the changing of language, is is so bad. Um, and it, it stops people from thinking creatively and using, you know, their, their built-in uh, human curiosity and for some their entrepreneurial spirit, you know, to actually think of solutions to these problems rather than just going, well, the government will do it, so what else do you need, right? FEMA will take care of it, so, so, so there, you need socialism because what, 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 how would these people evacuate without FEMA, right? They'd figure it out and there'd be something else in its place, MC. <laughs> Right on. Nice rant. Nice Thank rant you. there. <laughs> my my brain went somewhere else while you were talking. I was I was, I was thinking about Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. the, the, the thinking, hurricane in Puerto Rico and the you know. The... Yeah. I, well, I was thinking about moving there and like, uh, and I was like, why why don't why is the real reason I don't want to move there? And, and the real reason has to do mainly with their local government. Okay. And it's they're pretty heavy handed and, um, I I I feel I feel like if I moved there, I would want to do stuff. And then they'd be like, you can't do that. You have to get government approval to do that. And I'd have to, you know, explain to them that, you know, why that's a terrible idea. And then I would go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and see, you know, I'm, I'm, we're on our way to New Hampshire again for the Free State Project. And if this is your first time learning about that, um, and a, a lot of the negative feedback I get from that is like, aren't you going to be cold? And I go, yeah. But the market provides jackets for a fair price, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not worried. And, and and jackets and clothes. That's that's one thing I kind of miss is is that I maybe mean, that's that's kind of like you know style and stuff too. I mean, you can oh yeah, you can you can wear more clothes and and uh, you know show off or whatever. But um, yeah. you know, in Hawaii, it's pretty much shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't don't tell M, and she doesn't usually listen to the show. But you know, tight jeans and a sweater during the winter. Oh my God, that's all <laughs> kinds of hot. You know, for me anyway. Yeah, but yeah, so like you cool. know, so so my answer is always like I don't I don't care about the weather, right? I'm not moving for the weather. I you know the the weather, the weather is is there, and th those people who live in that weather. Um, have found a way to survive and thrive uh, regardless of the weather situation. Um, but when you look at, you know, like, you know, what, what do you want to do for freedom? Um, you know, and whatever, whatever you would think you'd want to do uh, in Puerto Rico or in Hawaii or wherever, wherever you happen to be, right. Why not? Uh, you know, if, if you, if you can make it right. Cause it was, it's been a long road for me to finally get there. Uh, but why, why not move to a place where, you have a better shot at, at accomplishing those goals and those dreams, right? Why, why stay at rank 49 um, when two is, you know, just a few thousand dollars away. Um, yeah. And for, for me, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, right. It's just, it's, I, it's I heard a move there. I heard another statistic that um, ab about the free state project that out of the first like 200 people that move there, there's only like five or 10 people that actually stayed there. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, and and I'm, I don't know if it's just you know, like the, the weather that caused them to leave or whatever, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of weird. 
incentive to me in, in a way. Um, I don't, I don't know how successful they could possibly be. Um, and in some ways it might, it might even be easier in, in Hawaii to, to live free just because the police are not that aggressive, I guess. Okay. Um, and so like, I, I mean, I might be wrong about this, but, uh, get pulled over in, in New Hampshire without a license drive while you're driving, um, like straight to straight to jail, like no, 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 uh, no pass and go, you know, <laughs> nothing. It's just like, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, it, like certain things they might be more strict about. Um, yeah, that's true. And I, I will, I will have to find my way through that, you know, through yeah, that mess yeah. as I acclimate myself. Yeah. Um, and I guess, and, it, and like the, the court system is, is pretty easy as a monkey wrench apparently in, in Hawaii. And maybe it's not so much there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, again, hard, hard, hard to say because all my experience is in the Hawaii court. Um, but I, I, I do know, you know, the the first few ch- the first few times through the Hawaii court system, right? I lost a lot, um, yeah. but I learned a lot, right? Like, you know, there's there's a learning curve, um, and like I'm not, I don't want to defend it too much because I, I don't, I don't know for certain. But there, are, there are people who have moved that have stayed, right? That have are already further along that learning curve than I am. Right. So if, if, uh, if a court issue comes up, right, there are other people there that I can turn to and like get some guidance, right? Like how, how do I do this the right way um, right. where I can, I can win or minimize the losses and, you know, monkey wrench that as much as possible uh, as well. And the other thing I would say, uh, I think, uh, how do I want to phrase this? Cause I don't know. Um, my, my general thought, on the people who moved and moved back or moved out um, was somewhat of a, of a disillusionment that I don't think I'm going to suffer from because I'm not going in there with, you know, utopian expectations. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I I don't, I don't expect, you know, to, to, to move and then everything be like, Oh my God, this is so great. Right. I'm just, you know, they're like, what are you going to do when you get there? I'm, I'm going to get a job, right. I'm going to pay my rent. I'm going to go to some protests because that's always fun, right? And do whatever, you know, integrate in the, into the local community. Um, but I think the people that moved and moved away were the ones who went like, all right, you know, finally a place where I can do whatever I want. Um, <laughs> and then, and but the realization that I already understand is that's not entirely true, right? That's the, that's the goal of the project, right? The goal of the project is to get to a point where, you know, we can all basically do whatever we want so long as we don't, um, you know, bring harm or hurt or, or aggression to anybody else. Um, but that's, you know, the, the purpose of the project is to get enough people there um, where that's a possibility, right? Yeah. Like where you're at, you know, not not just you personally, MC, but where you're at um, listening, if you're not already there, right, the likelihood of you being successful at doing what you want, um, you know, such as in Puerto Rico or in Hawaii, are so slim because there's no, there's no support system. Um, and with, with the free state project, at least, you know, there's, there's a support system, right? At least there's, you know, dozens or hundreds of other like-minded individuals that you can turn to, right? Like you need a handyman, right? Oh no, licenses. No, no, I'll just, I'll just find a free state, you know, free state handyman like willing to work for Bitcoin. Right. You know, that's, that's more of an option there than it is, you know, in Hawaii or wherever you happen to be. 
right? You know, uh, you know, lo local entrepreneur who happens to like also be willing to pay in silver, right? More likely to happen there than it, than it is to happen where you're at. Not not saying that I'll find them. Not saying that they're like wide out in the open. Um, but you know, and not saying that they'll you know open up to me right away. But over time. Right over time, that's uh, the, the the possibilities are more likely that that'll happen there than it will happen where you're at. Um, and again, you know, just I statistics are what they are. Uh, may not be every area, right? Because you know, we, I've, I've I've now been in like two weed states, right? We hung out in California. We're now in Colorado for a little bit. Um, that's one area that uh, that the free state uh, New Hampshire lacks in, right? They they their their marijuana laws are terrible. Um, and there's, you know, there's free state project members working to fix that uh, by whatever means they choose to do it. Um, so, you know, in any area where there's a deficiency, there's a bigger group of people working towards, you know, re remedying that, um, than wherever it happens to be where you're at, especially in Hawaii. I mean, I can't like, it's been a while and I can't imagine it having changed, but there was a, a period of time where I just happened to be watching TV at my grandparents' house. And I talked about this probably in one of the early episodes of the show. Uh, and I saw campaign ads and I couldn't, I, the, the ads were all the same Republican Democrat didn't matter. Right. Oh, yeah. They were all pitching the same, the same nonsense, right? We got to do it for our seniors. So like social security must go on. We got to do it for the kids. So we got to charge for education, right? We got to, uh, you know, you pay more to help them out so that when you're old, you don't have to. Right. And it's like, no, what, what about right now? Right. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not there yet. You know, what, what are you doing for me now? And, and the answer for, for that was nothing. They're going to take from you now um, to, you know, to, to get their votes. Right. And um, so to get, to get, get out of that environment where at least the, 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 the options look like options um, where there, there's people working towards, uh, more freedom um, in in different capacities, right? I'm I am not that political of a person, and I I don't anticipate um, being that uh, political of a person um, in, in in New Hampshire. But at the same time, it's nice to know that there are you know organizations out there um, that are working on that side of it, right? Like I've never yeah. I've never been I, uh, anti-political. I, I, I just don't participate in that aspect. Of it. I I I probably. Uh won't be able to but uh i i hope while you're there at least well, i mean it's not going to happen but i would hope that you vote because that's the whole point of the project is to vote these people these that are gonna uh change some of the laws to get more more freedom in that area i mean that's kind of how they envisioned it so <laughs> that's one aspect of it and then and then all the anarchists started going like well that's the maximum thing we we don't have to go that far you know, then that's when there were like all the, the protests and the civil disobedience. So like, that's where I can jump in. You know, that's where I'd feel more comfortable being anyway. But at the same time, right during the, the original, what year was the original Ron Paul run? 20, 2008. Was that the first, his first big run? Yeah. Okay. So during that run, right, I was still anti-political, right? But what I told people who, you know, had their own positions um, was like, I'm not going to vote, but if you're going to vote, here's the candidate that you should vote for, right? And then, you know, there was a guy handing out, like, you know, Ron Paul business cards, like, on the street, um, and I took a handful from him, right? I'm like, give me some, you know, and I, I gave those to, like, you know, people that I ran into um, as well, and I still never casted a vote. I still wouldn't vote, still not going to vote, um, 
but that doesn't mean you know if i if i see something positive i can't advocate for it and pitch it and position it say like well as long as you're gonna vote you know um man what was it there there used to be an organization that would like rate the laws um and bills that were coming up right and so you know the legis the, the people in the legislature should vote this way for these things right is kind of how it was so i don't have to vote i don't have to vote for the candidates i don't have to do that uh, but i can point people in that direction right you know i've never been on a jury but anytime someone goes like hey i'm about to have jury duty you know i'm like here's some fija information right you know you go learn about it um so that uh, so that you know what's going on uh, me and M were out with a, a dinner uh, last week, I guess, at this point, um, with one of her uh, old friends that, like, lived in somewhere in California. Uh, and he was, like, he was talking to us about his jury duty experience uh, and how, like, the, the defendant um, was, like, an ex-attorney, current private investigator, and was about to get, like, railroaded um, by, the, by the court system and the police department. Um, and basically like, you know, the, the, the complete thing that you and I would expect, right? Lost footage, um, you know, uh, uh, conflicting testimony, you know, all, all this. And one of the things that her, uh, M's friend said was it was, it was really, uh, I guess I'm paraphrasing, I guess he's like, it was really eye opening for him that all this would go down because, you know, for him, like, you know, you go in there as a juror. And like you automatically just believe the cops because they're like they're sworn there's you know they're, they're sworn agents of the state and all this other stuff and i was like chuckling in my chair i'm like no no you don't <laughs> like where have you been but at the same time you know it was it, it was this personal experience uh, that he had right that kind of brought him around to the fact that you know even even the guy even the, the defendant who was test uh defending himself you know part of his uh closing testimony or his closing uh, closing speech was the fact that if he wasn't an ex-attorney and he didn't know the laws or know how to get the information that he got um, by filing the correct paperwork and whatever, that any other defendant would be would be in jail and would have their lives ruined. But because but because you know he he had all this information, um, he was gonna he was gonna get off, right? And and her friend was like, and it was true, like anybody else, if if it was me up there or anybody else who didn't know what was going on. You know, all these, all the, um, the, all the conflicting facts would still line up to a, a, a case that you know you would lose. Uh, but because he knew what was going on, and you know, pointing out all the the, the discrepancies and conflicts in the case, um, you know, was able to get off, and it was it was an eye-opening moment for him, right? So so there's like an an opening um, that exists where you can you know insert more libertarian or you know anarchist ideals or ideas. Uh, to someone once once they once once part of their disillusionment is dropped right when when you can no longer trust the cops um, to do the right thing or to be honest on the stand or to find you know or to, to have the, the missing footage miraculously found or something like that right then it then it opens up a door um, so even even though I'm still not going to like cast a vote um, it's still you know there's still doors that can be opened that I can still put my foot in. Uh, to get the ideas out there to those who may decide to cast a vote, um, you know, in, in, in that direction. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I've always advocated agorism here, which is just do it, right? You know, what whatever you think is the right thing to do, you just do that. Um, and I don't think I'm going to operate any differently there, right? And, you know, what whatever is the right thing to do, I'll do that. 
um, damn the consequences, uh, and then you know we'll we'll see, right? Because if even if I end up arrested or in jail or anything like that, if enough people you know are on board and you can get like you know one person on the jury to nullify it, right? Then that in and of itself means that I don't have to vote, right? You know, that's that's where that's where the the citizenry can still affect change. Um, at the governmental level, is when enough people are doing it, it's not worth the arrest, it's not worth the court time, it's not worth any of that. You don't have to cast a vote. It just it it completely nullifies what's going on. And all you you know even even um, I felt bad when I left Hawaii because I had to you know I paid my fine and you know whatever to, just to get get it off get it all done with so I could leave. Um, even that I was pushing I was pushing for you know a jury trial on something as innocuous as you know first offense driving without a license um because if you get one person on the jury who understands jury nullification and the fact that there's no victim there should be no crime um effectively would nullify that law at least for me at that time and then then you can work towards doing that more often right yep how much time we got uh we're over time already so if you want to wow final thoughts no i'm good thanks all right all right, that's it, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, we had like six more articles or seven more articles that we didn't get to. Find those in the groups page, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, Twitter, because why not? Twitter.com slash theanarchistexp. And if you want to contribute to the show financially, do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.